Yeah, welcome back to the Nigerian Filmmaker, a podcast for us to talk about Nigerian filmmakers, their films, and how we can build a diverse and functional industry. I'm your host, Selegot. On this episode, my guest is Omaka Chikeze. She's a writer and director. She has made three short films and has written scripts for film and TV. We talk about work as an assistant director, why new stories need to be told, and what she's currently working on. If you're a new listener, you're welcome and I hope you enjoy. Hi, Amaka. You're welcome to the Niger Filmmaker. Thank you. Thank you for having me. All right, can you introduce yourself? Um... My name is Wamaka Chikeze. I'm a writer-director, but I mostly see myself as a storyteller. So, I'm a storyteller. Okay. So, can you tell us how your career in filmmaking got started? I think all my life, I've always wanted to tell stories, but not necessarily wanted to be a filmmaker. But I started writing um, short stories as a teenager and then I think it was until I graduated from the university during my NYC that I started studying uh, learning how to be uh, write scripts for movies I think that's where my love for filmmaking started when I started writing scripts I guess part of part of what you do is you also um, first AD on several projects yes yes um, I think the Path to becoming my goal is to be a film director permanently. Um, but I, I feel film sets is the best film school anybody can um, go to because that's where you get your hands on experiences. So I've had opportunities. I said I was a continuity person, then moved up to become AD. Um, yeah, that's what, what I do now on independent production. All right, can you break, break it down for us, what FSAD does? I just see the AD as just the director's wing person. Um, someone who makes sure that everything is set for the director to think creatively and not worry about any problems. So... The fixer on set, that's how I see myself. Um, yeah, because if anything goes wrong on set, the director won't be able to be in the right frame of mind to um, bring out whatever vision he or she has for the project. So I try as much as possible to clear pathways for the director to just come and direct. That's it. In your few years of doing this work, what have you, like, what are some of the key things you've learned? Um, so I've learned that as, as an AD, you, I feel the best skill an AD can get is not being afraid to be authoritarian because we have to be able to not just ask people to do their jobs, but demand that they do it, and they do it on time. Because 
um, it's not about making a call sheet or scheduling scenes to be shot for the day. You have to make sure and enforce that they actually keep to time and finish what um, has been scheduled and on time. And um, so to do that, you have to have really good communication skills and people are not going to like you a lot or set. But I feel um, being there's a difference between being strict and being mean. And people always appreciate people who try to bring out the best in them. And I see the production, the production itself as the boss. So I think that's what I try to tell my crew, uh, crew members and everybody. So let's see this. This is our employee. The production is our employer. Let's treat it as that, not the executive producer, not the director, not the producer, but the project. If we're not, if, if not for the project, we won't be here. So by the time we see the project as ourselves, as, as our own, then we can make it work. I'm not, I don't love to yell, or, but I, I'm, I'm not afraid, I guess, to demand that people do the job that they are called for. And yeah, I don't think I've yelled at anybody who was working effectively and working on time. So if you respect time or said, you'd probably be my best friend. Um, but yeah, we have to keep things moving. And son, unfortunately, is the AD has to make sure things are moving because there are a lot of pieces on set that needs to be that needs to come together for us to have a productive production. So you also mentioned that you're a director. What have you um, directed? Um, so far, I've directed about three short films. Um, I'm working on the next short film. Can you tell us about? Um, this short film you're working on? So I'm working on a short film called uh, Working title is Peculiar. Um, it's a coming of age love story about um, a hearing impaired guy who falls in love with someone he meets online. The subject matter of persons living with disabilities in Nigeria and how we live life. I, I look at the how our society is structured and how we don't really. I don't know. Out of curiosity, I wonder how these people um, live around us. How they assimilate. How the lack of social or mental or physical medical amenities. Um, and then it hits me. Like, what if someone around me who is walking past me is can't hear? Because apart from some physical um, disabilities that we can all see that are glaring, I think um, when it comes to um, defects with hearing, it's not very obvious, and we don't. It's not something that is easily noticeable. Um, at first glance. So, yeah, it's something I'm very passionate about and I can't wait to start production. Would you say 
Um, these are some of the kind of stories you like to tell as a director. Yeah, um, I always, I see myself as someone who loves to talk about the elephants in the room. Those conversations that are like frogs in our throats that we don't like to talk about. It's not that we don't know if they exist, the problems, the talks. And yeah, I feel, I, and, and, and I'm a little believer in the power of one telling their own story. So I believe it takes one to tell their own story. And I believe um, st stories are, actually stories that are relatable are about us makes it easy to live. I don't know. That's how I see it. I feel we are very diverse people and our storytelling should reflect that. So you mentioned that you also write. What do you find that you have to do with short films that um, feature length films kind of give you more room to play with? Um, I feel they are just, they are different in terms of even story development and, and planning and budget. I feel for short films, one of the one of the things that draws me to short stories is the is the it's just the small time you have to explain a very massive um, idea. So you have this tiny time to talk about beginning, middle, end, which is also what you also talk about in feature films or series. There's the beginning, there's middle, there's end. But I think the the length of the film gives you room to expand or not to expand. So for instance, um, the last short film I directed, um, it was a three minutes short film. Three minutes, we had three minutes on the dot, nothing more, nothing less, to tell a story that people would understand from beginning, middle, end. Um, so we had to keep cutting the story and keep making sure that everything was within that time. But I think the liberty that feature films gives you is that the same short film story for a feature length, you can expand it and give backstories of the characters and yeah, probably give the audience a little bit more satisfaction that short films. Um, you don't get with short films, but I think that's the intrigue of short films, the not knowing, the knowing in the not knowing. I don't know how to explain that, but I feel that's why I love to watch a 10 minute short that give, give me a lot and also give me a lot to think about. Yeah. I'm sure people have um, different stories of like um, their experiences with ADs. Like last year, I had to be the AD on a film and like actually tonight somebody told me they thought I was a sadist because basically yeah, I have this different um, zone I enter when I'm on set. Especially when yeah, you have to be the face of seriousness and you know pushing everybody to do stuff. Um, can you talk about some of the good and bad experiences you've had? Um, <laughs> uh, thinking about them now. So, 
like I said before, the AD is usually that person that people love to hate, mostly don't like, until probably when we are trying to round up. But the first week of production is like, who is this person and why are they yelling at us? But, um, so the thinking mostly in retrospect, I, I wouldn't say bad experiences because most of the stuff I, I would say, okay, if I'm, if I'm actively on set now and you ask me the bad experience, I'll probably tell you. But now looking back, there are those things after once we wrap, it just goes away. It does, it's, it's not as annoying as um, they were um, on the spot. But I think the best, ex <laughs> so it's not like best, best experience. It's, it's a funny experience. Like the last project I worked on was a web series. And um, so we, it, it, it was, a low budget production so we had to do a lot we had less um time to play around with and we had a lot of people on set extras so there was so much to do and little resources so there was really no time to play or fool around or be nice so i i thought everybody on set if they were like ah giving gun, gun to shoot they are probably going to like shoot me but um i got a very pleasant surprise we wrapped a day before my birthday and then the crew members and some of the cast they came together and they threw a surprise for me and the director uh, it was sweet kind of so um kind of like made me feel like okay people don't really hate 80s like that or probably i was nice to this but i don't know but it was an experience that probably telling everybody even my grandchildren like ah, they threw a party for me or said so that's <laughs> that's good but the the it, it, some of the experiences especially in the nigerian filmmaking setting it's usually the inadequacies i, I think it's not even it, most sometimes it's not the production or the creatures, the Nigerian factor. And we have location problems, we have electricity problems. So like you do everything in your power. And then these things that usually see as the, the act of God, like there's really nothing you can do. There's location issues or there's nothing you can do. There's no electricity. We have to look for stuff. And that is very frustrating. So I think one of, my bad experiences on sets is those frustrating things that you can't fix. There's really nothing. And that even as a creative, as a filmmaker, it's those knowing that there's something, there's a challenge and you can't do anything about it is annoying and frustrating. So, yeah. So for the first AD, like what are some of the things that they can do, like leading up to a production to make sure everything moves smoothly. So usually I, I, I was telling someone, a producer the other day, that I see myself as a member of all the departments when I'm aiding, starting from no, production coordinator, the assist, uh, assistant, um, the production assistants, everybody, so that they all see me as part of their team. 
So if I come to you and we're talking, if there's an, an issue with this department, everybody's talking to me, not like someone who is not from this department, but someone who is um, part of this department, and so that we can all find the issues together. So I feel um, having constant communication, usually it's like talking to everybody at the same time, why saying different things to them because you have to talk in a language where that people can understand so you're like talking to the gaffer and you're talking to the costume yeah you're telling them different things but still communicating the same thing we have to move we have to make this work we have to go ahead and i also think um also knowing that in as much as you bring people together to do the work on set it's it's a collective process and collaborative and you like yelling will not um make people work so you also have to like understand that probably you're talking to adults people who are older than you are people who are more experienced than you are um people who have seen life <laughs> so um people who have different orientation background and so so it's it's really a lot knowing how to make it work and people so that people will not kill themselves on sets you know you're you're a writer you've been on a lot of sets um i mean like in nollywood um people are trying to tell new types of stories um what do you think is like a major barrier to people kind of branching out and trying new stuff? So I think it's data. I mean, we live in a data-driven world. It's a no-brainer. But I feel there's really... So you want to do research on films. So we don't even know what has not been done. I watched a 1995 film, Amakiwe's film. And he started RMD, and and it, it was it was a good drama, and it, it, you you it, these are films that, that we don't have a library that you say okay you want to find the first Nigerian comedy the, the first movie from this genre the first movie from this genre so I think it's the data you don't know how much okay I want to make an action film. The action films that was made in Nigeria, not the ones that were made in Hollywood, the ones that made in Nigeria with everything Nigeria factor um, in place, you you don't have that data. And um, I feel that is the fear. Sometimes it feels like you're, you're doing something that has never been done before, which I think it is not. I mean, truly, I don't think um, we, we have a lot of film history in Nollywood that when people say they are telling new stories, I don't think they are telling new stories. Probably contemporary version of an old story that has been told before, but not entirely new. But I feel in terms of new stories, like strong um, indigenous stories. Stories, indigenous does not mean like, okay, um, ancient. <laughs> so I mean stories that are uh, especially Nigerian. So it's like, this is our story. A film that uh, I was watching um, No Country for Old Men and 
they kept mentioning the Wild West. And so people who are probably from Minnesota or these places who relate to what, if, if there is slang, I had to Google it to know what the slang is about. Mm -hmm. But we want films like that, that we watch being raised here or grew as we grew up here we have stuff that we, when someone said this we're like ah, this person is a nigerian so i want to see that in our films and yeah it doesn't that's literally it i want to watch and be like ah this person reminded me and then have these things that are our own i feel most of our stories feel alien they feel like a film that if you remove the Nigerians in them and put um, Americans or French people or Indians, the story will still work. But one story is that, man, it, it just has to be a Nigerian playing this role. Or if this film was not set in Lagos, I, I can't imagine any other place in the world that it would be set in. So that, that I feel can be seen in my book as as new trying out new stories mm. but yeah i feel one of the problems we have with doing stuff is data in nigeria so basically like yeah i always try to watch new nollywood films i'm a fan of nollywood i want nollywood to succeed our collective um success will mean better deals better opportunities for the whole lot of us but the thing is from time to time i keep getting disappointed because you know some of these stories are half big some of these characters are one-dimensional what are your thoughts about this like i feel like at this level we shouldn't still be kind of making these elementary mistakes i think as as long as we have the we have very limited amount of filmmakers, storytellers in Nigeria. It's the same people making films, different films, as opposed to a vast amount of people telling different stories from different experiences, from different walks of life. So watch it for the past 10 years. Who are the, we've got 10 filmmakers. They are the same people. And the same people will literally tell the same stories. We know. Quentin Tarantino's style of storytelling. We have filmmakers. If we don't have a lot of filmmakers telling a lot of different stories, we will have a problem of the same films. We're like, ah, this is just the same film with a different person and a different house. Mm. Literally, the same storyline. But I think that's why um, I'm always a fan of bringing up young people to tell stories. And we don't all have to be filmmakers to be storytellers. That's, we have books. We can adapt books that have already been written. We can get true, true life stories. You don't have to create something from the scratch. And that is how I feel we can get different stories. The stories abound. I'm, I'm not even... Yeah, I, I also understand what you mean about half-baked and how... Um, we rush, sometimes we rush into films. I've read scripts that um, I've worked on, on set, and I'm like, ah, oh. even there, I, I, I know how many times I've tried to tell the director, what if, what if, do you think this story is already cooked to be um, 
filmed. But yeah, there's, like I said, the same people telling the same stories. There's really telling stories. There's, it's going to be hard to find um, diverse stories, diverse characters that um, can stand the test of time. So yeah, I, I feel we need new filmmakers. We need more filmmakers. Just We just need more people telling stories. So the more people tell stories, the more um, we'll, I feel we'll find new characters, we'll find new styles and new films and stories that we um, can never have imagined. Because I, I, we go through our journey in life, we meet characters that amaze us in real life. And they're like, why are they not reflecting in on our screens? Probably it's you met the people. The person making the film have not met this person. Yeah. But so there's no way to for them to make tell a story of that character. So if people just understand that you don't have to be a filmmaker to be a storyteller, then we have so much stories. Um I don't want to write everything I direct. Um I also don't want to direct everything I write. So I want to be able to write something someone else is going to direct and direct something someone else has written. So like that um it should just be massive enough for us to find one or two characters or stories that are meaningful to us. What do you think is the best way to, you know, encourage or discover new talents? It's to encourage and discover new <laughs> The best way is to encourage and discover new I feel, um, so, about three years ago, I started this YouTube channel to tell stories, unscripted stories. I feel everybody has a story to tell. I mean, it's not everybody that can write or um, construct stories, but I feel everyone has a story. And if we all feel and know that we are all storytellers, no matter how skeletal or no matter how we we feel the stories. It it will just take someone who probably understands story structure, understand plot to weave it together and make it stronger. But I feel um one of the things we do in the channel is to just tell stories, ask a question and people tell their experiences. Different people telling different stories that they don't have to overthink. Just at the top tip of their fingers they tell you, oh this thing happened to me it made them laugh, it made them cry, it made them angry. And that's what we need to, for film to be authentic, it has to evoke um, personal emotion. So it, like, that's how it can draw us into the character and make them memorable. So this is um, May 2021. Um, Nigeria is in a particular place in its history. What do you feel film can do amidst all this chaos? I think sometimes I just wish everybody can see film the way I see it as in Nigeria, even with the Nigerian audience, you hear stuff about comedy, people are stressed as is, as is being Nigeria, working in this um, country and but I feel Film can be this mirror 
that can show us, like reflect our conscience back to us. And we, we, if we really want people to sit down and think, this is crazy, this is not good, we should show them. Because three years ago, I, I traveled to Meduguri for the first time and being someone who comes from the south, I have never ever been to the core north before. And I was amazed at how the experience, I had to write a travelogue about that experience. The first time I went to Meduguri, I've gone um i've gone back three or four times but that first experience and how it was just there like i went to lagos or something just that it's a different state and but that's not what we hear that's not what the news tells us and that's what makes us afraid of midwifery and and um yes there's insecurity everywhere but why is it that some places especially people where nigerians are more afraid to go some where is the information we have about that place. And I feel film can, has a way of softening um, our mind or giving us um, a lot of perspective about some people and um, their ways of life, something that we might never, ever, ever, ever experience. You know, there are places that we might never travel to, but we've watched films about the people and then we can confirm, say, oh, these people, they are like this and they are like that. Oh, how do you know? I watched this film or I read a book about a character. So I think that's um, what can change Nigeria and, and even charge Nigerians. And to have a paradigm shift, you have to actually think and see. Is there something you read somewhere, something you heard somewhere, something you have seen? So these are the senses that pushes people to um, opt for change. And filmmaking, storytelling has proven over time to be one of the strongest um, tools for change. It's, it's, it's not going to stop being the tool. It's one of the powerful mediums that you can use to um, exact a reaction, give information, educate, and also entertain. So. Yeah. Let's say you're stuck on a desert island and you have to keep watching one movie or a particular series, which one would that be? <laughs> oh God. So I've seen like thousands of movies. This is only one. Only one. So it has to be all. I cannot pick one movie, one series, one. You choose one. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> So we had only because it's done and it's finished. I'll choose the Golden Girls because it has ended. Uh, that's the reason. It's, it's satirical, it's comedic, and it is also drama. So that's a lot of genre put in. It's like it's an it's a seventies TV show. Okay, for you was the key thing that you think we need to focus on in order to kind of get it right with the direction that the industry is taking? The business of film. I feel um, we need to we need to make Nigerians, especially the government, just the Nigerian as Nigeria as an industry to trust Nollywood as a means of income for the economy, for the country in general, for 
I want to be able to go to um, a businessman and just tell him about the story I want to make and tell him how we can make the money back and then he gives me the money and then we make the film. And I feel that's something, again, you talk about it, we spoke about what scares people into trying something new is because you're, you're afraid. How are the audience going to take it? How are, um, what are you going to get your money back? So something like that. But if everybody's afraid of what the audience is going to want and like nobody's going to make any film. So I feel the, what we, we need to think about and what even personally I'm trying to learn that by force because it's not enough to be creative. It's not enough to know your onions as a filmmaker. You have to understand that if you want to make a career in film or to make this industry bigger than it is, we have to think about film as business. That is what it is. We have to look at it as work and not hobbies. Because especially with young filmmakers like myself, we look at it, uh, sometimes we see film as, okay, come together and make film and go home. We don't think about long-term, we don't think about um, how do we preserve this film? How do we preserve this as a business venture, as something that forever and ever would live and then also generate income, um, generate re revenues for the filmmakers or the people involved. So yeah, I, I think we need to make people trust that once they give us money, we're going to give them back the money. Or and believe in the Nigerian audience. So if this, if we're making films in Nigeria, uh, by Nigeria, and Nigerians are watching it, it means it's still like the by Niger. So it's not going anywhere. Nigerians working. So we're engaging Nigerians to make Nigerian film that Nigerians are going to watch. So it's going to be a very nice circle of, um, a circulation of the money, which reflects um, at the end of the day in the economy. So everybody wins. Okay. So um, yeah, what, what are you working on at the moment? I think um working on my short film and I also I'm trying to develop a plan for a short film marathon here in Abuja. So that's apart from a short film that I'm setting that I'm going to direct um, within the month. I'm working long time towards the end of the year to do um organize a an eight day short film marathon. So different filmmakers making one sh one short film in a day. My last short film, my shot in one day, it was seven hours. We shot in seven hours. So I feel it's something that can be done. Two characters, limited um, locations, and then we shoot. So it's, it's an avenue for us to test ground and then just experiment and have fun as filmmakers. Okay. So how can people keep up with your work? What's your social media handle? So my social media is amaka underscore cream. Um, well, I think if you type out Wamaka Chikizi, it will probably bring me out. From the shadows. <laughs> <laughs> it will bring out the this, you cannot spell it, but it's amaka underscore cream, like the French fashion of cream. Okay. Um, thanks, Amaka, for coming on the podcast. Thanks for having me. 
you have come to the end of this episode. Please remember to leave a rating and a review. Follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Selegov Film and the podcast also on Instagram and Twitter at the Niger Film Pod. See you on the next episode. Have a good one.